Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast that brings you the headlines of the day with the help of correspondents around the world. I'm Wang Zhang. Coming up in this edition, Chinese Premier Li Qiang says China and France share common strategic, holistic perspective as he meets the French president in Paris. All five people on board the missing submersible are dead, as evidence suggests a catastrophic implosion of the vessel. And record high temperatures have triggered the highest weather alert in Beijing. We begin in Europe. Chinese Premier Li Qiang says China and France share a common strategic and holistic perspective, as two of the five permanent members of the UN Security Council. He was meeting with French President Emmanuel Macron in Paris. Premier Li earlier held talks with French Prime Minister Elizabeth Borne as part of his official visit to France. He also attended the summit for a new global financial pact. Ken Brown has more from Paris. The plan for the summit was an ambitious one: financial solidarity. The long-term aims are to reduce poverty, protect biodiversity, and address climate change. It was a busy day for diplomacy. Chinese Premier Li Qiang started the morning by meeting French Prime Minister Elizabeth Borne. Annual bilateral trade between both countries is worth over 80 billion U.S. dollars, and this was an opportunity to strengthen cooperation, ending with a ceremonial signing session. Bilateral talks with Emmanuel Macron followed in the afternoon, with both leaders keen to discuss the wider issues facing the world. The Ukraine conflict, with China potentially playing a peacemaking role, the green energy transition, and trade. That was Ken Brown on the Chinese Premier's visit to France. The two-day summit in Paris for the new global financing pact has gathered heads of state and multiple institutions to discuss ways to reform the global financial system. They're trying to find ways to make it responsive to challenges. Natalie Malgas has details. Well, we're hearing from the world leaders who are gathered here that the developing nations and their presidents, their prime ministers and representatives, saying they just have too much going on with the unemployment crisis. They're buckling under their debts. They're trying to protect、uh, their biodiversity and protect their economies. They're looking for more flexible and tailored financial programs, best suited for their needs, best suited for particularly the countries that are worst affected by global. Warming that,、uh, if you just take an overview look, are the countries that contribute least to、uh, some of those harmful effects of、uh, climate change. We heard from the Secretary General of、uh, the UN, Antonio Guterres, that in its current form, the financial system simply isn't fit for purpose. With the cost of natural disasters for last year alone running up 300 billion dollars,、uh, this is weighing heavily on the economies of the most vulnerable nations, and a over. Whole of the financial system is desperately needed and soon. That was Natalie Malgas in Paris. In Asia, record high temperatures in the Chinese capital have triggered the highest weather alert. The city saw record-breaking 41.1 degrees Celsius on Thursday, the highest for a June day in over 60 years. China has also issued this year's first national orange alert. As temperatures above 35 degrees linger in northern China and regions along the Yellow and Huaihe rivers, many other countries are also experiencing unusually hot days and a heat wave that has swept the globe since last month. Li Jingyi reports. The world has experienced its hottest ever first 11 days of June. The European Union's Copernicus Climate Change Service said that average air temperatures went over 1.5 degrees Celsius for the first time. Compared to the pre-industrial early 20th century, in northern China, 
an orange alert for high temperatures was renewed on Friday, the second severe warning in the country's three-tier system. The capital, Beijing, is among the hardest hit. But in Beijing, the highest-level red alert was raised on Friday, the city's first red alert in nine years. The temperature in Beijing soared to 41.1 degrees Celsius on Thursday afternoon, the second highest reading since reliable records began in Beijing, just shy of the record 41.9 in 1999. The city forecasts that the heat wave will last until Saturday. I never thought Beijing was going to be hotter than Nanjing. The highest temperature in Beijing went up to 40 degrees Celsius. Shandong Province is also on a red alert, with temperatures surging over 40 degrees in 26 regions. It was so hot, and I was sweating as soon as I woke up. It's usually cool in the morning, but today is different. It was super hot today. In Shandong, a number of service stations have been set up for outdoor workers to take a rest. These stations are equipped with drinking water. Air conditioners, as well as other supplies, to prevent sunstroke. They give us some respite in this scorching summer, so that we can do our jobs and serve the city. The heat wave is also searing North America and Europe. Tens of millions in the southern United States are under extreme heat advisories. Some cities in Texas have seen temperatures spiking over 45 degrees Celsius. In Europe, Spain registered its hottest spring on record this year. And the second driest ever. In France, two thirds of the water tables are below normal levels in June. That was Li Jingyi reporting. Extreme heat is also raging on in India, where temperatures in some parts of the country have soared to 45 degrees Celsius. Weather authorities have issued a red alert in regions including Uttar Pradesh and Bihar. Power shortages are compounding the crisis. Street vendors are complaining about the difficulties they are facing. Many people uh, uh, die within the、uh, previous three to four days, and、uh, I think about hundred people are、uh, going to suffer right now. The temperature these days ranges from 40 to 45 degrees Celsius. Due to this, we are facing problems such as fewer customer visits, insufficient juice sales, and a challenging life. I have been doing this job even when the temperatures rose above 45 degrees Celsius. This is the first time life has been so excruciating. We might face more problems from the scorching heat. I will endure the heat waves as long as I'm alive. I have to live on the streets regardless of temperatures hitting 45 degrees Celsius. Yet the extreme heat persists due to deforestation. The temperature isn't going down. Life is becoming even more painful. Deaths blamed on heat have swamped hospitals in two of India's most popular states. The government has sent experts to some regions to help cope with the heat. The Turkish Central Bank has announced a major interest rate hike, reversing course after a couple of years of controversial cuts. It comes after President Recep Tayyip Erdogan brought in a new economic team following his re-election to tackle the country's record-high inflation. Mikhail Batvid reports from Istanbul. On Thursday, Turkey's central bank announced its first interest rate hike in more than two years, raising its key rate from eight and a half percentage points to 15 percent. However, the six and a half percentage rise was still lower than market expectations. The central bank said a monetary tightening process had begun in order to establish the disinflation course as soon as possible. The move signals a shift from Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan's unorthodox monetary policy of lowering interest rates to lower inflation. 
Erdogan had recently appointed Hafize Gaya Erkan as the new chief of the Turkish Central Bank. Erkan is the first woman to hold the position and a former co-CEO at America's First Republic Bank. Her appointment followed that of Mehmet Shimshek as Treasury and Finance Minister. Shimshek, who is well known in the U.S. and previously served as both Finance and Deputy Prime Minister, has long advocated a policy reversal for Turkey, calling for a return to what he called rational ground. Turkey's soaring inflation peaked last October at 85.5% and was close to 40% in May. The central bank is aiming to bring it down to 5%. The Turkish lira has also been suffering. The currency has lost over 80% of its value in the past five years and has continued to weaken against the dollar since Erdogan's runoff presidential election victory at the end of May, reaching record lows. Even though Erdogan insists his views on interest rates have not changed, the Central Bank's Monetary Policy Committee says there will be further gradual monetary policy tightening until the country has a grip on inflation. That was Mikhail Butvid reporting. Over to North America, the U.S. Coast Guard says crew have found debris of the Titan submersible on the Atlantic Ocean floor, not far from the wreckage of the Titanic. All five people on board are dead in what's believed to be an implosion of the vessel. The sub went missing during a deep sea voyage to the Titanic wreckage on Sunday. Associated Press reporter Philip Crowther is in Boston. That confirmation of those five people who were on board the submersible being dead uh, comes from the U.S. Coast Guard. With their press conference, uh, a very somber tone. For the Coast Guard, it was uh, Rear Admiral uh, John Morger who uh, gave us more details earlier here in Boston. An ROV, or remote-operated vehicle, from the vessel Horizon Arctic discovered the tail cone of the Titan submersible approximately 1,600 feet from the bow of the Titanic on the seafloor. The ROV subsequently found additional debris. In consultation with experts from within the Unified Command, the debris is consistent with the catastrophic loss of the pressure chamber. Catastrophic loss of the pressure chamber, that means it was a catastrophic implosion. The U.S. Navy is saying uh, that it is saying that it was able to detect a sound that could well have been that implosion on Sunday at the time of the disappearance of this submersible and that that information was given to the U.S. Coast Guard but that they weren't sure enough to, it seems, tell everybody and maybe stop that rescue effort altogether. It continued, of course, for three days with a glimmer of hope at some point of uh, those sounds that were detected. In the end, uh, the U.S. Coast Guard and the Navy saying they had nothing to do with the Titan submersible. Um, it looks like that implosion happened on that Sunday when the vessel first disappeared, whether it happened on the uh, seabed near the Titanic or on its way while it was being, while it was moving toward that seabed, we don't know exactly right now. Other questions that need to be answered is, was this vessel really ready to go to such depths? There was AP reporter Philip Crowther. The co-founder of the company that operated the Saab says the implosion could have occurred days ago. Guillermo Songlane learned about the discovery of the debris during a TV interview with the BBC. I can't speculate on what's going on currently right now. What I do know is regardless of the sub, when you're operating at depths like 3,800 meters down, uh, the pressure is so great 
on any sub that if there is a failure, it would be an instantaneous implosion. And, um, and so that, if that's what happened, that's what would have happened four days ago. US-based OceanGate was founded in 2009. It offers tourists the opportunity to travel into the ocean's depth for a close-up look at shipwrecks. And finally, in Africa, the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization and the Intergovernmental Authority on Development have issued an alert for a possible outbreak of Rift Valley fever in eastern Africa. The institution said that the risk of the disease occurring in eastern Africa in both humans and livestock is high due to favorable environmental conditions and increased movement of livestock and human beings. RVF is an endemic vector-borne zoonotic disease that is a threat to both humans and animals and is spread by mosquitoes. The FAO warned that the disease disrupts livestock industries, food security and the livelihood of the pastoralist communities. Before we go, here's a recap of today's top stories. Chinese Premier Li Qiang says China and France share common strategic, holistic perspective during his meeting with French President Emmanuel Macron in Paris. All five people on board the missing submersible are dead, as evidence suggests a catastrophic implosion of the vessel days ago. And record high temperatures have triggered the highest weather alert in Beijing. That concludes today's top story which brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. And Bong Zihang, thank you for listening.